Danny Danko come to show you how it goes. You're now tuned in to Free Weed from Danny Danko on High Times Radio, presented by High Times Magazine. Boom, bang! All right, welcome to episode 97 of High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. I am Danny Danko. <laughs> That's convenient. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah, yeah. And you are? I'm, I'm Mike, Mike G. Mike G, yeah. editor-in-chief of High Times Magazine, and mm-hmm. we are the co-hosts of the show. So <laughs> thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the wonderful song, and we are here, episode 97. Are you here? Oh, they're here. They're here. They're you here. guys are here for it, so let's give it to you. We have a good show today, I think. Absolutely. It's, it's off to a rocky start, but <laughs> nowhere but up from here. So. Well, I just, I just flew back from Amsterdam, and boy, are my lungs tired. <laughs> uh, you're really trying to make that a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, you, did. You, just, you just got back from the Amsterdam right. Cup, right? That's right. We did a cannabis cup in Amsterdam in July, which was pretty amazing. The weather uh, was outstanding. I've never, I've never experienced that city. I mean, you and I went in May, and it was beautiful weather. But all my life, I've been going in November, and you know it gets dark at 3.30 in the afternoon, and it's raining sideways, and it's pretty cold and chilly. And if you see the sun for two seconds, you're in heaven. But this time, I mean, the weather was incredible. 70s, 80s, beautiful, sunny out until literally like 10.30 p.m. And uh, yeah, and we had some amazing musical acts, uh, including Burner, including uh, Waka Flocka Flame, and uh, a bunch of Ty Dolla Sign, the the original Wailers. We had a bunch of amazing uh, musical acts. We did the Seed Company competition, which was awesome. Uh, And... uh, Definitely connected cannabis, field extracts, a lot of big winners there. Um, a lot of newcomers, too. Like, not newcomers, but to the cup newcomers. And uh, so that was exciting and interesting. And, and all the, the, the strains, gelato and Skittles and strains like that, the, the real hot strains that are out there at the moment, sherbets and whatnot. Um, so that was pretty exciting to, to do the seed company stuff. And then, of course, the coffee shop, uh, the coffee shop awards as well, which was judged on by the... Uh, the attendees, the actual judges of the cup. So, uh, and that was pretty much swept by Barney's and Amnesia Coffee Shop. Uh, so Barney's and Barney's Coffee Shop and Amnesia pretty much took all, all the first places in the coffee shop awards. Uh, and space cakes were back, like edibles were yeah, back. Yeah, this this coffee shop edibles category is tripping me out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because I thought that they were illegal over there, and now I guess they're kind of back over there. But there's not any sort of testing and. You know, it's all kind of just all over the place, but it was uh, it was incredible to be over there and, uh, you know, getting to see a lot of the old friends, Soma and, and the DNA boys and and uh, Serious Seeds and, you know, all the people from all the coffee shops. It, it was it was a fun time to be there. And it was uh, it was quite an event. I think, you know, we really, uh, you know, sort of replanted a flag in Amsterdam now in, in the 31st year of the event. And, um, I think we'll be back bigger and better and stronger than ever. Um, next time we do it. And I hope, I hope we do it in the summertime again, because it was just, uh, <laughs> it was a sight to behold. I, I think I got a little bit of a sunburn. In fact, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. The first, the first few years I worked at high times, I, I didn't think that Amsterdam had seasons because every time we went there, it was just this gray, bleak kind of depressing, uh, weather. Yeah. But now, you know, it seems like uh, in July, there's, it's actually kind of nice and summery, so that's awesome. Yeah, and we had cool stuff for people. We had uh, yoga in the mornings and joint rolling competitions and 
just just a lot of uh, you know, and but it's really all about that coffee shop crawl. So people, you know, it's a little different from the American Cups where you come and you go to all the different booths and they have everything there at the booths for you. Here, um, you know, it's really about supporting the coffee shops because it's a really unique scene that they have over there um, for social use of cannabis uh, and hash, and now of course edibles as well. And so we really wanted to support the coffee shops, get them on board, and and really have our attendees. Um, go and actually like you know frequent these places because they're the ones who've been fighting the good fight over there for so long yeah and the coffee shop crawl that's like a rite of passage to anybody who is interested in cannabis and gets to Amsterdam you've got to do that so it's really cool that that was part of this whole um, competition yeah and there's nothing like that feeling I mean I remember more than 20 years ago when I first went to Amsterdam uh, you know, walked into the coffee shop, looked at the menu, ordered, you know, grandma the weed that I wanted to smoke, uh, sat down at a table, had a, you know, coffee and rolled up a joint and smoked it. And, you know, it's an emotional feeling. It's really, if you think about all the injustices and all the times we've been, you know, harassed, kicked out of venues, all the bad things that have happened. And, th- and those are just the little things, not including obviously like, getting raided or getting jailed and separated from your family, all the really, really horrible things, losing transplants. And, you know, there's just so much injustices and and it all kind of can, it can all hit you at once in a way when you're over there because you just sit there and you realize like, Hey man, this is harmless. I'm just sitting here smoking a joint. People are riding their bikes on their way to, you know, different places outside. And it's a beautiful day. You're not, you know, causing any sort of trouble. Uh, and, and that's the way it should be everywhere in the world. And you get that feeling and it, and it kind of washes over you. And I, 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 I've seen, I've seen people, you know, myself included get, you know, emotional from that. It's, 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 it's very dignified. Yeah. And, and it's, you you're a in, customer and not a criminal. Right. You know, it's a big, coming big from difference. America where it's prohibited. It, it's a completely, you can't even really explain it properly. Right. It's really right. something you have to experience. Mm-hmm. And even with all the changes here, all the legalization mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that, there's still no real, you know, social use where you can just go and just hang out, sit down and just relax and enjoy a, a joint or a bowl of hash or whatever it is you, you want to enjoy in peace. Uh, and, and just, you know, read a book and have a great time and, and meet, you know what the other cool thing, meet people from all over the world, different ages, different languages, different, you know, everything, different politics, you know, every, you know, different races, all, all different people who all share this wonderful plant together and you can make friends, uh, without even sharing a language or really almost any other thing in common with the, with a person except your love of cannabis and, you know, that's exciting, too, because nothing's better than, than meeting people from all different cultures and, and really gaining an understanding of the whole, the whole planet, you know, the Earth as a whole, instead of all these stupid borders and lines that we, we, we wrap all over it. Man. <laughs> Getting deep. I want to go now. <laughs> no, I got to wait a year? Yeah. Oh, you sold me. I want to. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun over there. And like I said, <laughs> weather couldn't be beat. So. All right. Well, uh, that, that was Amsterdam. I'm glad yes. it was an awesome experience, as it usually is. And uh, we also have some other events uh, coming up, right? Well, that's right. We have Reggae on the River, which High Times partnered up with Reggae on the River. Uh, and so we're, we're, you know, we're doing Reggae on the River now, which is a, a, an amazing event in Northern California. And uh, it's been going on for many, many years now. Uh, you know, it's a festival. It's, you know, weekends long. Uh, that's August 3rd through 5th. And that's, you know, incredible. So go to reggaeontheriver.com for tickets to that. 
just a week later, we have a, a cannabis cup in Alaska, <laughs> which is our first cannabis cup in, in the state of Alaska. We're very excited about that. That's in Wasilla, which uh, people may know from Sarah Palin fame or also uh, Portugal the Man. That band is from also from Wasilla uh, and Todd and his snow machines. But we will be there to celebrate the cannabis of Alaska, including yeah, the, the last frontier for us, right? Yeah. The, <laughs> I, the, hope, uh, I hope Palin goes. That would be really that, fun. It would be amazing. We definitely want to see at least a few a few Palins at the at the cup. Uh, I want to see some some of that strain, the famous Alaskan Thunderfuck. Can I say that? Yeah, Alaskan Thunderfuck. Alaskan Thunderfuck. Yeah. So that's uh, August 11th through 12th, 11th and 12th. And we have Red Man and Method Man performing. Red Man and Method Man in Alaska, wow. August 11th through 12th. Go to CannabisCup.com for tickets and information. Um, there's other artists booked for that as well. And that's Alaska. So I hope to see all you Alaskans and everyone else who wants to come and see what Alaska has to offer in the summertime to check it out. Very cool. So and definitely then, do that. Yep. Head to CannabisCup.com. Yep. You know, we were going to do a little news hit, uh, talk about some of the pot stories that are out there, but there was one story that just kind of took all of my attention, and I just want to focus on that today, if that's all right. (laughs) Yeah. So the DEA, in their infinite wisdom, um, has released an unclassified intelligence report that breaks down all of the uh, slang terms for uh, drugs. So they have, you know, like uh, oxycodone and amphetamines and cocaine and LSD and all of that. But the the slang terms they have for pot are absolutely amazing. Now, I think we should take a little closer look at some of these because I have personally worked in the cannabis industry for almost 13 years now. And there's a few of them I've never heard before. So let's... Let's take a look at some of these. You let me know what you think. First okay. off, the, the very first one they list is 420. So everyone, the DEA is on to it. Oh, man. Uh, so 420 is, is uh, burned. You know, we can't, we we can't a, use that anymore. We need anymore. a new code, you guys. Yeah. But, of course, there's A-bomb, which is uh, marijuana mixed with heroin for some reason. Yeesh. Um, Alice B. Tokeless, because they're really on top of everything right now. Doing yeah, all that's the, a current reference. Current references. <laughs> Airplane. Never heard that. Which I guess... It, it gets up high, maybe, is the reasoning? I don't know, man. That's a weird one. Arizona. I've heard that. Baby. Uh, baby, never heard. That's wild. Bombala cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some of these they're just making up, right? Barbara Jean. Never. No, come on. Bazooka, which Bazooka. is marijuana mixed with cocaine paste. Yeesh. Mm. What are these? Wow. Big pillows. <laughs> I like that uh, Big pillows. Then you got black Bart and black gold. Blue jeans, Bobo Bush, (laughs) branches, broccoli. Okay, broccoli. Broccoli, yeah. Catnip, uh, Chicago black, Chicago green, Uh, Christmas tree. That's, that's, I'm sure, a popular one with the kids. Okay. Tiny Christmas tree. Uh, Devil's lettuce, dinky dough, (laughs) downtown brown. (laughs) The downtown brown. Okay. Whoever came up with this list should be cursed to only smoke the downtown brown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, they got dro, so they're on to that one. But they also have droski. So Drosky. if you try to make it vaguely Polish to throw them <laughs> off of your track, they're on to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> we got Fluffy, Fuzzy Lady, Gash, which Whoa. sound yeah, that's yeah. Giggle Smoke, uh, Good <laughs> Giggles, Green Mercedes Benz, Whoa, Green Paint, Hairy Ones, uh, Hooch, Indian Boy. Jungle Juice, 
laughing grass, lime pillows. <laughs> Wait, lime pillows? Lime pillows. What is that? Well, that's if you, if you can't get big pillows, you get lime pillows. <laughs> uh, love nuggets, little green friend. Okay, this one's confusing. Machinery. Never. Oh, my God. What do you think of that? Uh, you kids got any love nuggets? <laughs> 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 I'm looking for love nuggets. <laughs> you got that love nuggets. <laughs> it's uh, not someone you want to sell to. Uh, mowing the lawn. I like that one. My brother, uh, pasture. Ooh, this is a good one. Pocket rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Something is wrong with these guys. Queen Anne's lace. Uh, railroad weed. Sassafras. Salt and pepper. Sassafras. Schmagma. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, smoochie woochie poochie. I am not fucking with you. That's smoochie woochie poochie. Okay. Uh, tiggity, wheat, white haired lady, woos, <laughs> yellow submarine. Again, very topical. Uh, young girls, Zambi, zip, and zoom. So those are just uh, some of the names that you will find on the DEA's report of slang terms for, for cannabis. Our, our tax dollars hard at work <laughs> right there. Um, and you know, they're on to us. They're so, on to us. Uh, young girls. That's a, that, that's uh, like, it's like a different DEA, uh, case got crossed over with pot, right? Yeah. I think it doesn't sound like, right. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I think that'll get you in trouble if you're out there. Young girls looking for I'm young looking girls. For <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, that does not, that just, yeah. Looking for young girls. That's inappropriate. That is inappropriate and it's a little unsettling. All right. Well, time to come up with some new ones. So if you guys have any new ones that aren't on this list or, or ones you want to suggest uh, to the DEA, send those out in a tweet or a, a you know comment or something to us. Um, we're also on Patreon. We just launched on Patreon, which is pretty exciting. So you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Danny Danko to find uh, uh, ways you can support us and, and uh, even contribute to uh, the podcast as well as... Uh, exclusive content and all kinds of little perks that you can get uh for supporting us at different levels or tiers so check us out there yeah we're gonna we're gonna create some kind of um, extra content that's gonna live on there which people can um, can access i guess exclusive exclusive super exclusive yeah maybe we'll come up with more uh, slang terms for, for pod. <laughs> yeah um, I, give me give me just one or two for lsd i think that 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 might be an interesting one, what they come up with for that. For LSD? Yeah, do they yeah. have any interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. ones there? We got some ones here. Um, uh, crystal tea. <laughs> uh, cupcakes. Whoa. Jesus Christ acid. Huh. Uh, instant zen. That one makes sense. <laughs> um, live, spit, and die. Looney Tunes. Whoa. Lucy. <laughs> okay, Lucy. 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 That, yeah. That's, that, you know. Uncle Sid. Uncle Sid. Is that a Sid Barrett reference? Maybe? I think it's just acid, Sid. Oh, Sid. I don't right. know. Maybe yeah, Sid Barrett. Yeah, yeah. Sid okay. would make sense too. Barrett no. would make sense. No, Uncle Sid is probably just yeah, acid. Um, wow. Russian sickles. That's weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Odd. Recycle. Don't yeah. get that one. Uh, sacrament. Anyway, you guys can check these out. Uh, we we were gonna do something where we kind of like we came up with our own made up, completely bullshit slang term for pot, and then you know was would try to see if we could tell the difference between a completely made up one and the DEA's slang terms. But it would be impossible because these are com- they're preposterous. So. Yeah, smoochy woochy poochy. Get that smoochy woochy poochy. <laughs> the top ten smoochy woochy poochies of the year. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 
For the first time in my life, though, I do want to say thank you, DEA, because that was very entertaining. It was worth a chuckle. Indeed. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a little break, but um, we have a really interesting interview when we come back. Yes, we do. Uh, we spoke with uh, the good folks at Hurricane Hydro uh, at the Michigan Cannabis Cup earlier in the summer. And uh, so that'll be, we'll be talking about nutrients, uh, flushing, and just basically the, the, what, what a plant needs during the different cycles of life uh, food-wise. So uh, stick around for that, and we'll be right back. All right, you guys. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you want to grow. And if you really want to grow, you should get your, your hands on a BC Northern Lights grow box. You can check them out at bcnorthernlights.com. They are a beloved sponsor of the show. They make incredible grow boxes that are solid built to last, uh, harvest a lot of weed out of, and you can contact them seven days a week at 888-236-1266. Check them out at bcnorthernlights.com. Be sure to tell them that the Free Weed Podcast sent you and Danny Danko sent you from here, and uh, there's special deals that they're offering for our listeners only. So check them out, bcnorthernlights.com, and thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Well, hello there, and uh, welcome to the 2018 Clio Cup here in Michigan. Uh, we're thrilled to be back at one of our favorite venues, and uh, this is a live recording of Free Weed. And we have a really interesting um, little uh, seminar to talk. We're going to talk about nutrients and general plant growth with a very special guest. So uh, to get things started, let me introduce to you the host of Free Weed and the senior cultivation editor for High Times Magazine, Danny Danko. All right. All right. Welcome. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great to be back here in Michigan. And uh, we're going to get right into it because we don't have a ton of time. I want to introduce my panelists. Uh, we have Jay and Taylor from Hurricane Hydroponics. Welcome, you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank we you. appreciate the opportunity to be out here today. Uh, I guess just briefly, tell me a little bit about Hurricane Hydroponics and, and what you guys do uh, as a company. Well, Hurricane Hydroponics came to the forefront. Uh, we've been growers for a long time, so we got lots of grow facilities uh, we'll be launching throughout the country here. But we wanted to have a sustainable nutrient product that every time I opened a bottle, I got the same exact stuff. My formulations aren't changing across the country or anything like that. There's also some key elements that uh, aren't utilizing some of the formulations out there, so we wanted to make sure we incorporated some of that stuff to really help unlock the plant's genetic potential. Um, it takes a lot of time to grow this stuff. Anytime we're growing it, we want to make sure we're growing the best of the best and providing patients with safe medicine as well, nice, clean products. One thing that we made sure when we created this line is that this stuff would flush out very easily. There wasn't going to be any heavy metals or anything like that that gets left behind, which was very important to us, being patients ourselves. Yeah, it's one of the things uh, really that is the unsung part of judging a cup um, which I, you know, I've done a lot of, is the burnability of the product ultimately is so important because a lot of times the same strain will be entered from different growers, and at that point, you're judging the, their ability to you know, bring out what the best of that strain and not have it be that overfed, you know, like hard-to-burn uh, you know, charcoal kind of thing rather than something that burns to a nice, clean, white ash. That's always going to be more desirable. And... Um, 
Uh, Taylor, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, you know what you do with Hurricane and 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 what the you know company philosophy is. So my role with Hurricane is uh, sales and marketing right now in the U.S. One of the things that we've decided that we're going to do moving forward with our nutrient brand and keeping our message clean and sustainable is that we are going to talk about the science. We're not going to sit here and discuss with you about this is going to be the most fire stuff you've ever had, bro. We're going to tell you why and how it works. We really strive forward to keep growers educated, keep them advancing in their craft even more so than they have in the past. All right. Well, then let's get right into it. Um, what, you know, what are the plants and nutrient needs and what, what sort of, you know, in what sort of ways are, are you guys, you know, meeting the needs of the plant, um, you know, in the, in the proper environment? Yeah, one thing we like to start with, I'm going to let Taylor talk about this, is just how important a healthy environment is. Without a healthy environment, we're just never going to reach the genetics of the plants. And one of the things that we feature for our healthy environment is full decontamination. Whenever we go around and visit facilities, large or small, one of the things we notice is the general unkempt of the facility, also the fact that they have residual uh, algae laying around if they're in a hydroponic system, residual soilless mixes laying around if they're doing container gardening. One of our biggest things is really pushing using an organic listed pure chlorine dioxide for decontamination pre and post harvest. So if you did previously have a concern, you're not going to have it going into your next harvest. All right. Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit about the formulations you guys have for you know the different stages of growth, uh, whether it be vegetative growth, flowering growth, and and even maybe like uh, younger plants like clones or, or moms and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, to start out with the younger plants and the clones and stuff like that, we have a product that we call Storm Cell. This is going to be a complete micro and macro nutrient, so it's going to give the plant everything it needs for the first couple weeks of its life. It's going to really power it right through that autotrophic stage of the plant's life. Um, we also then have a three-part veg formula. It's called Tropical Storm 123. We have a three-part flower formula, Hurricane Flower 123. We also have a CalMag additive, a liquid potassium silicate additive. And then we have a couple of granular products as well. We have uh, Converge Horticulture, which is going to be a calcium-magnesium form of silica soluble silicon so this is a top dress product can be used in any organic gardening as well as any kind of container gardening it's not recommended to be used in recirculating hydroponics as it will cause small or clog small emitters we also have a product called new humic uh, new humic is going to be a humic and fulvic substance this is a top dress product also um, humic substances are really great for feeding the microbial colonies they're like flame and yon to them so it really just gets everything inside the soil or the substrate unlocking the, you know, the nutrients and chelating everything to make it more plant available. One thing that we do utilize in both our tropical storm and our hurricane flower that separates us a little bit is we utilize potassium acetate. Now there's been a study done at the University of Texas that shows that potassium acetate is 38% more plant available than any other form of potassium on the market. Now what's interesting about potassium is potassium is the key to creating all our building blocks like our carbohydrates, amino acids, sugars, proteins, which those all turn into our resin, our terpene production, our cannabinoid production. So by utilizing potassium acetate, we found that we not only can get the plant exactly what it needs, 
but we can also help push it through the flowering process just a little bit faster. All right, um, and now do you guys uh, have a nutrient schedule that's, uh, that's you know, posted for people uh, to be able to check out? And does it differ you know, week to week um, based on the stage of, of life that the plant is in at that time? So our nutrient schedule is available at hurricanehydroponics.com. We do have it separated out for if you're a soilist or soil gardener or a recirculating hydroponics gardener. Depending on which route you go would be depending on the products you would need to use, and it's all clearly mapped out on that feeding schedule week to week to week. And it does vary from week to week. These are very strong pharmaceutical-grade ingredients that are used in this. We didn't cut corners when making this at all, so we used the strongest pharmaceutical-grade elements we could. So this stuff is very, very plain available. When we start out vegging, we're right around two to 300 parts per million because of how strong it is. I generally never take my plants over about 600 to 700 parts per million in veg. And then once you get to flower, um, I never really go over about 800, generally speaking, because of the plant availability. We're able to get the plant exactly what it needs. So we don't have to go up to 1,000 parts per million, 1,500 parts per million in order to get the yields and stuff like that that we're looking for. Yeah, so you're, you're erring on the side of caution with your recommendations? Yeah, we definitely want people to go low because this stuff's so plant available, we just don't need to dump half the bottle in there to get the results we're looking for. I feel like overfeeding is really uh, one of the biggest mistakes that people make when growing. And even, even some expert growers uh, tend to overfeed their plants. You'll see, even in the pages of High Times, you'll see plants with like burnt tips. Um, and you can tell that they've, they've been overfed. Um, and a lot of times, you know, uh, it seems like some nutrient brands will kind of recommend you use more of their product because they want you to get through the bottle and you know buy another bottle basically and they know it's not going to kill your plants it just might you know just load them up uh a little too much so it, it's good for me to hear you know the parts per million being lower because the nutrients are just more available to the plants that they're, they're you know in a, in a, a different form that's easier for the roots to uptake right um what about people who want to do like the whole like living soil kind of thing i mean is it compatible uh, with that uh, type of uh, growing system? No, it, it is compatible with the living soil. It's not going to be considered an organic product, though, so the people that want the fully organic, we're not going to have the answers for them. We do have two products that converge, which is the calcium magnesium silicon, which is amazing for organic growers. Um, cal or silica in general is really good for abiotic and biotic stresses. It helps the plant whether you are not watering it in time and it has a little bit of drought or your room gets a little bit too hot, it really helps the plant fight off these stresses. Now, it doesn't matter if you're the best grower in the world, plants are going to run into stresses. It's just the inevitable. So by providing a product like that, it really helps the plant fight that off better. And then our other product, New Humic, is going to be an organic product as well that can be used in organic gardening to really help unlock everything in there, feed the microbials, and just make sure everything's doing its job inside the soil. Right. Okay. So we talked about uh, overfeeding and let's talk about underfeeding a little bit. Um, what if people are noticing the symptoms of a deficiency? What are, what are your recommendations in that case? Uh, you know, what should they do? Now, anytime I see somebody, whether it's underfeeding or overfeeding, I personally always recommend that you go in with a heavy flush and you follow that flush immediately with a half strength nutrient feed to make sure you're putting them elements right back into the soil or substrate so that the plant can take up what it needs, but we can get anything out of there that's not needed. 
Uh, generally speaking, most people don't underfeed the plants from my experience. It's just generally, like you said a minute ago, it's more overfeeding that's done. So it's nice to get someone to come in there, flush that substrate, and then go right behind it with a feed, not to just leave it flushed. Now you mentioned the cow, uh, the cow mag. Uh, that's another. That's one that you see pretty often because um, a lot of cannabis strains, are, you know, will use up the available calcium and magnesium, and then need more of that even when there is available nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium. So, uh, you know, what what is it about you guys as cow mag that makes it? you know, more available or, 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 you know, is there anything that it's derived from that, that makes it special? So our liquid CalMag is a 300 analysis. Um, what, one of the reasons why our CalMag works so well is especially in container gardens when you're speaking of growers who use cocoa. Cocoa is extremely calcium leaching. The converged horticulture that Jay spoke about is 28% calcium. 6% slow-release continuous magnesium and 4.5 of the soluble silicon. That's going to offer you stability throughout your grow. That product is only applied twice. So especially for people who do have the calcium-magnesium leaching problems within the soil, complementing our CalMag liquid with the Converge, you should never really see those sorts of problems. Also with the CalMag, it does utilize all pharmaceutical-grade elements, so it's definitely one of the cleanest CalMags on the market. You can have one of these bottles that's been sitting on a shelf for a year and it's not going to have any CalMag or calcium in the bottom of it. The calcium generally falls out in most CalMag products. You have to shake it up to get it, you know, back into the actual mixture. So it's just a very clean product. It does utilize a 3% nitrogen, 3% calcium, 1% magnesium, and a 0.01% iron. All right. Um, another question I get asked a lot about is the transition period between the vegetative stage and flowering, um, which obviously, you know, indoor growers control based on when you change that light cycle. So typically you change the light cycle, but the plant doesn't really show signs of flowering for a week, sometimes two weeks, even with sativas, it can take even longer than that. Um, so, you know, what do you guys recommend uh, nutrient-wise for that transition period uh, between vegetative growth and flowering stage? No, we recommend going right into our hurricane flower one, two, three formula. This kind of changes up from the veg side and it ends up being a five, 10, 11 for the NPK values of it. So we're gonna get more phosphorus and potassium to the plant. It's very important to get more phosphorus to the plant as it transitions. as phosphorus is the key in energy production. Uh, adenosine triphosphate or ATP is what creates all the energy through phosphorus. So it's very important that we replace or replenish them levels during this transition as the plant really transitions its energy from kind of growing to now stretching and starting the onset of fruit and bud development. Um, so we do recommend with certain genetics such as like GMO that stretches two to three times during flowering that you do hit it with a product that we have called State of Emergency, which is a 05234 formula. So really high in phosphorus and potassium. This is a bud booster we use at the end for hardening. Um, add a little bit more size to the plant, but you can also use it at the start of flowering to reduce the stretch that you're gonna get as plants transition into that phase. So when you have a lot of different genetics, it helps keep a more level canopy and stuff like that. And it also uh, helps with the onset of flowering a little bit faster as well. Okay, and now uh, for people that don't know, you, you mentioned NPK, that's uh, the ratio of nitrogen, uh, phosphorus, and potassium. Um, and those are, so those are the major nutrients that are necessary. And then the micronutrients we talked about, calcium, magnesium, which could almost be considered 
major nutrients in a way right. because the plant really does need a decent amount. And then there's ones that it just needs a tiny bit of. Um, which of your products provides you know, that micronutrient uh, regimen that you know, is kind of necessary through all stages of growth? So our micronutrient packages, if you look on the back of all of the bottles, um, we do have products out. If anyone wants to come see them, you can also check it on the website. But within all of our products, we have the necessary micronutrient package per where, when we're suggesting to say it. So every one of our products does contain some of your micros that are necessary. We have designed this, spent years in development. Jay has personally been one of the growers testing everything since the beginning and we've made it so the only thing you have to go out and get in addition to our brand is a ph up or down we do contain most of the micronutrients in both our tropical storm two and our hurricane flower two so you're going to actually find calcium magnesium uh molybendum iron you're going to find uh manganese stuff like that and all the part two formulations so that's where our main package of the micro is going to be but then we do have them also in the part one, part three as well. Um, one thing we like to talk about in our formulations is sulfur. I feel like sulfur is often something that's overlooked by a lot of growers and a lot of companies out there. Sulfur is very important to also help fight both abiotic and biotic stress factors. Um, there's actually two key amino acids that are created that cannot be created without sulfur. Those are called cytomine and methionine. Now these two amino acids fight off abiotic stress so when the plant transitions from veg to flower it runs into a biotic stress factor during this transition so by making sure we have the sulfur levels in there we're helping reduce that stress that the plant endures. And uh, you mentioned also the humic and fulvic acids. Uh, what are the benefits of that uh, you know in a nutrient regimen? Now the benefits of that are awesome. Um, for the substrate, it's going to feed all the microbial colonies, which is what's helping chelate or unlock all the nutrients, make them plant available. It's also going to help with water retention, so it's going to help water flow throughout the substrate better. It's also going to help balance the pH of the substrate, so we end up with a more balanced pH and we're not fluctuating from 5.5 to 6.5. It helps keep everything more stable. And one of the other things that our humic fulvic does offer is it actually will help mine available phosphorus within your soil profile. So a lot of times our growers using our products will note that they have more available phosphorus. They're not getting that sort of lockout situation. And that just happens from the cation exchange capacity that the humic acid offers you. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about cation change? Because uh, that's so important. It's such an important element to plant growth and something that not a lot of people uh, really kind of understand. They, know, they understand feeding the plant makes it grow, uh, but not really the concept of, of what's being exchanged there and, and how that works. Right, so what happens whenever you add especially uh, humic acids into a soil profile is it will make things more available just from moving some water around, things of that nature. And one of the biggest things that humic acid offers is that mining of available phosphorus. Phosphorus can generally get very locked out, especially in a container, especially if you're not acidifying your water enough to release anything else. So what that's going to offer you is the humic acid is actually going to make your nutrient solution more available. And that's one thing that Jay was speaking about earlier, about one reason why we're able to do those lower PPMs of feed is that everything is now become more available from adding humic acids, things of that nature. 
I agree with you. It's always been very shocking to me how many people I speak to who know nothing about humic acids, none of the benefits of them, when it's such an easy thing just to easily amend into your soil profile or to mix into a tea or a compost. Yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit. You talked about uh, how nutrients can get locked out. Um, you know, obviously, if the pH is fluctuating up and down, um, that can be an issue. So how important is pH to the available nutrient? And, you know, a lot of times people misdiagnose that as a deficiency. Add more nutrient, even though there's plenty of nutrient in their medium. It's just that it's not available. So um, let's talk about, like, what the pH level means to nutrient availability. No, the pH level means a lot to nutrient availability. Depending on if we're going to be an organic grower, we're going to want a little bit higher of a pH level, more around the 6.5 range. And if we're a hydroponic grower or a cocoa grower, we're going to want to be more around the 5.5 range. So all the elements are available throughout these ranges, but there's a great deal of them that are more available in the lower range and more available in the higher range. So it's very important that we are testing our runoff that's coming out of the containers. So if I'm putting 5.5 water in and my runoff is coming out at 6.5, then I know I got a little bit of a buildup in here and I'm going to want to flush that out of there. Now we do have a product called White Squall, which is a uh, hypochlorous acid. Now this product can be used to flush the plot, uh, plants out periodically. So anytime we get a buildup like that, we recommend using a low dosage, about five milliliters per gallon, and doing a heavy flush on your plant, and then following that immediately with food again, because we always want to make sure we're keeping the food in there. Is that a product you can use at the end, you know, as you're approaching harvest as well? Uh, as a flushing agent? Absolutely, yep. We use it every time at the end. It really helps speed the process up. If you have the ability to give the plant, you know, let's say we're in a five gallon container and I can give it three gallons of water with this product in it, I will pretty much have everything flushed out of it within two waterings. So then for the next seven to 10 days, the plant's just sucking whatever it has left in the leaves and stuff like that. And we're ensuring that we have a nice clean flush getting that white ash smoke. Uh, what is your recommendation as far as uh uh, emptying out a hydroponic reservoir and starting with fresh water again and, and all that. Is that a, a, a weekly thing, uh, twice a month? Um, what, what do you guys recommend as far as, you know, just starting over with your nutrient solution? Yeah, no, I personally recommend doing it on a weekly basis, um, especially as the plants get bigger. It's very, it's more important that way because the plants are going to be drinking everything. You're going to be replacing the water on a daily basis anyway, so it's nice to make sure we change the complete reservoir out and if we're not, we're going to want to make sure we're putting a product like white squall in there, a hypochlorous acid, that's going to help keep the roots nice and healthy. It's a root purifier is what it is. So um, I like to do it every week. Um, some of the deep water culture systems, you can get away with going every two weeks and just replenishing the levels of hypochlorous acid or whatever you use to keep the uh, roots healthy. All right. And uh, I think we, we're ready to wrap up. Uh, where can people get more information, uh, a website, and then uh, whatever social media you guys uh, have out there as well, uh, if you could let people know how to find out more info about Hurricane Hydroponics? Yeah, they can check out our website at www.hurricanehydroponics.com. They can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Hurricane Hydroponics. They can also check me out personally uh, at HH underscore J on Instagram. Um, if anybody has any questions, they're more than welcome to call the 1-800 number. It's going to go directly to me. I'm help, uh, happy to help answer any questions people have. Um, even if it's not about our nutrients, we like helping people grow the best stuff possible in this industry. And uh, we're here for you. 
Right on. And Cannabis Cups have been won with your product, right? Yeah, Got Meds just uh, actually won the World Cup with the medically infused category uh, last month with High Times. He also won first place in Michigan, second place in uh, SoCal last year with the products. Um, so we got a couple entries in this year. We'll see how they do. Awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Jay and Taylor from Hurricane Hydroponics. Appreciate the opportunity, guys. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, that was a, that was cool. That was recorded live at the um, the Michigan Cannabis Cup. Yeah, just a couple months ago. Yeah, and you guys can check out hurricanehydro.com for more info on their products. Yeah, and it's uh, also it's it's been actually several fortnights, right? I think a fortnight and a half. Fortnight and a half. <laughs> so we we owe you guys, our our faithful listeners, a um, a strain. Yes, that's right. And the strain this fortnight is Dosi Dose. Um, this is very popular strain recently. In the last couple of years, it's become. Uh, very popular. No surprise uh, why, once you've tasted it. Uh, it's been making a ton of noise in various regions. In fact, uh, Cali and Michigan both had uh, dosi dose entries into the cup. And um, it's, you know, it, it's got a really high potency. This is a strain we've tested in different areas uh, at between 28 and 30% THC, uh, which is really high, obviously, for flowers. That's pretty much as high as you're going to get. Uh, we've We've only seen strains really topping out at like 32 or so so uh it's very very strong and a lot of times strong strains um don't have a ton of flavor you know they, they pack a punch and they're very potent but they're not you know am- amazingly you know a great experience to actually smoke like i mean physically as you're smoking them but dosi dose is actually really sweet uh minty it has a minty aroma um so it's sweet and minty kind of at the same time there's hints of uh, lime and pine um, comes on really strong, so it it you know it hits you pretty quickly, and then it it lasts for hours. So very interesting strain. Um, so please check it out. I know uh, one place that grows it is uh, THC Design in LA. Um, they grow a really good version of it, and uh, a lot of other people as well. So um, that's the strain of the Fortnite Dosi Dose. All right, very cool Dosi Dose. Um, definitely get your hands on that if you can. And um, we should do a cultivation topic. Yeah. So do you have something in mind? I do. Uh, I want to talk about ice water extraction, uh, what some people will call ice wax, uh, bubble hash. Basically, it's you're using ice and water to uh, break off the trichome glands and then uh, separate them. And, and then, you know, because they're waterlogged after that, uh, dry them out. So the process is fairly simple as long as you follow certain rules uh you're first going to want to get the mesh bags so um you can get those uh from bubble man at fresh headies you can get them from uh mila uh at pollinator.nl and uh basically those are the two you know most reputable there's other ones out there too um so you can do some research however you want to go about it but i can vouch for both of those as being uh you know well well put together and also well researched as far as the micron sizes of the uh, mesh so uh basically um after you harvest you've got like this leftover leaf um and trim and things that you you know all the stuff that you're trimming off the buds still has a ton of trichomes on it so uh 
you can extract that. The key to this, of course, is ice water. You have to, and ice is the the key to that because you really want it to be very cold. You want it basically within a degree of actually freezing. So uh, a ton of ice, a little bit of water, uh, just to cover the ice basically. And for the first thing you do, okay, you have your bucket. Let's say you've got a five-gallon bucket, typical Home Depot bucket. Now you uh, put in your bags. So you put the bags in order of uh, finest at the bottom to least fine at the top. There's a bag at the top that's uh, catching all your, you know, left, your leaf and trim, and that's the bag you're going to pull first. So you want the finest bag at the bottom and the least fine micron size at the top. Uh, you put those in in order uh, of finest to least fine in your bucket, and then you put in your, your water and your ice, and you want that as cold as possible. You add your leaf trim material in a bag. Now, there's another way you can go about this in a washing machine. Uh, you know, these washing machines that are basically converted to, to, to tumble uh, the leaf and trim inside a mesh bag um, that is sealed entirely. So you put that inside the bag, you zip it shut, um, seal it up, and you put that inside the washing machine, and it bounces around in there with the ice water, and then you take the water that's coming out of that and you strain that through the remaining micron sizes the other way is you just put it all into the bucket um, with the ice water and then um, you pull that first bag what happens is that the ice cold water freezes the trichome glands the gland heads themselves freeze and and break off of the stalks and this is important because for true melting bubble hash for ice wax that melts you want as much just gland heads as possible. No stalks, no leaf material, no dust, no nothing else. So they freeze and they settle. They fall when they freeze. They get heavy and they fall. And they fall to the bottom of that uh, the bucket, basically. But the mesh is stopping it. So the first thing you do is you pull the, 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 the biggest mesh bag out. With that comes your your mucky kind of wet material that you've put in there. Um, your leaf and your trim that comes out you can compost that you can do whatever you want with that that's you know you hopefully you've gotten as many trichomes off as possible then your next bag will be uh you know varying in, in size but it's going to be the the next mesh size and you pull that bag now what happens is the water drains out and the trichome glands sit on top uh, and you're going to do this in varying degrees all the way until you get to the finest one at the bottom when you pull that out, you're going to have on the screen there, you're going to have what looks like a uh, kind of like just wet sand, basically. It, it's like a, 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 you know, what you'd think of as wet sand. And you scrape that up uh, with, you know, a scraper that usually comes with the bags or a credit card or whatever you can use. I use a Metro card sometimes. That's what we used to get around on the subway. But you scrape that up. And then your mission at that point is to dry it out because it's waterlogged. And you're, you're in a race for time because if it stays waterlogged, it will mold. And if it molds, it's useless and you need to toss it. So basically, the different levels uh, have, you know, the different micron sizes will pull different, uh, you know, batches of trichomes out. Uh, people love the 72. That's pretty much kind of like the, the money bag right there of like the really good stuff. And then if you're using five or seven bags, let's say, you're going to have grades 
varying grades in opposite directions of so the bigger side and the, and the smaller side. You can use those for cooking. You can use those for, uh, you know, whatever you want to do with it. You can, you can do, make rosin. You can do uh, all kinds of stuff with that. But the stuff you want to smoke, the 72 and the, uh, the 110, the, that, that kind of thing, um, you really, you know, that's, that's the most desirable stuff. So you scrape that out, um, and now you want to dry it out. Can put it onto some people use cardboard. Um, I don't know, I don't really like cardboard, but whatever you can do to, to begin uh, pulling the water out. Most of these bags will come from with a really, really fine mesh bag that you can use as well to squeeze the water out. So, first you squeeze it out, right? Then you have like a kind of a wet paste and you need to dry it out so it's more like a sand than a paste. Um, the more you can spread it out, the better. So, people will take that kind of paste and they'll microplane it. Uh, with like a microplaner that you would use for, for wood wood finishing or whatever, just to separate as much of it as possible um, so that the air can get to it and it can dry out quicker. Um, that way you get a, a better product for sure. If you don't, like I said, you're going to get a wet hash. It's going to be dark. It, it's very much at risk of molding and it's just not a quality product. Once you have dried it out, uh, now you have something you can sprinkle that into joints. You can smoke it in a bowl. If you want to press it into rosin, you can dab it. Um, there's even dabbable versions from people, you know, like Cuban Grower and people like that who really have it dialed in um, and really just get the gland heads. They, they can get it to a point where you just scoop it out and dab it like a dab. Um, so it's pretty amazing. And again, you're just using ice water and there's no uh, dangerous explosive sort of solvents like you had have with butane or hexane or methane or any of those. Not methane, but uh, you know, propane, whatever solvents uh are out there for for you know hash oils you don't have to mess with you're just using that ice water and you're getting bubble hash um now if it's still wet i call it's what i call sizzle hash because it'll sizzle instead of bubbling and that means you know there's still water in there and you got to get it out um you don't want it to be green or b black you want it to be like as light brown or blonde as possible that really shows that uh, it's a high quality product in, at that, in that way and that you've gotten all the moisture out. Um, you can put it on a bowl. You can, uh, there's lots of different ways to consume and, and it's a really amazing product to consume, to be honest. Uh, it really, uh, it packs a punch. Like, you know, I mentioned with the dosido. -si -do. uh, it has a lot of flavor and it, it's really, uh, it's the essential oil of cannabis, so it's a wonderful way to do it. So uh, check out, you know, bubble bags or the isolator bags and get started making your own hash today. Yeah, nothing nothing beats, or it's very hard to beat some really well-made bubble hash. Uh, so shouts to Bubble Man. Yeah, and if you get really good at it, you can enter your hash as a, a solventless hash in the cannabis cup. All right, yeah, so... Thank you, Danko, for that little nod to um, water extraction. Let's do some questions here. We're running a little late, uh, long. Wait, I always get that wrong. We're running long. We're short on time, but we're running long. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's do a couple of questions here. So this is the, uh, the part of the show where we answer listeners' grow questions, or I guess really any questions that you have. Uh, you can get us um, on Twitter. He is at Danny Danko. I am at Mike G underscore HT. Uh, we also read email, so that's freeweed at hightimes.com. And if you're really desperate, you could call us 
0500 and then extension 706. So let's start with this first email from, um, from an anonymous emailer who writes, uh, do you think there's a minimum of gallons of soil per plant for no-till, especially perpetual growing? Also, what's the ideal depth? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I, people ask me a lot about the minimums of gallons of soil. I mean, if you want to go as small as a shot glass, you know what I mean? You can grow cannabis in a shot glass. You're just going to get a tiny, tiny yield. Um, as far as no-till goes, you do need more space and more room because um, there's a lot of things going on in a no-till soil, in a living, organic kind of soil that you're not tilling and reusing. So I do think you need at least uh, at least three gallons or so of a container. You know, I prefer five gallons or more. Uh, for most purposes, uh, let's see, perpetually growing. I'm assuming that he means like reusing the same soil. So yeah, I mean, like I said, three gallons is what I would call the minimum uh, personally. And you could go to two, you could even go to one. I just think it's going to negatively affect your yield. And it's also going to negatively affect the, the effectiveness of your no-till uh, soil. Um, as far as depth goes, um, deep is good because you have a tap root that goes down in search of water and nutrients. And the more that tap root goes down in search of those things, the stronger the growth up above. And once that tap root reaches the bottom of your pot and starts to circle around, it sends a message back to the plant that, Hey, you know, we're restricted in here. This is the amount of space we have. Don't continue, uh, with the vegging growth and, and the stretching, um, you know, really start consolidating down because because we're limited. So deep is good. I would say you know a foot or two at the bare minimum, if if not more. In a five gallon container, you've got about two feet or so uh, in those Home Depot kind of buckets. So uh, I would say a foot to two feet for for depth, if not deeper, if you can, and three gallons as a minimum. Minimum. All right. Very good. Okay, let's move on uh, to Brenda, who writes, uh, once we are ready to take our plants out of the vegetative stage, what light cycle should be switched to? Uh, I just started growing my very first plant, and it's nearly ready to go into the flowering stage. All right, well, that's pretty simple. Uh, once you're out of the vegging stage, which is typically uh, 18 hours of light and 6 hours of darkness, uh, up to 20 to 22 hours of light, uh, depending and you're switching to flowering, you want to switch to 12 hours on and 12 hours off. Um, Long-time listen, listeners of the show have heard um, plenty of times DJ Short's whole uh, 11 and 13 spiel, um, which you know is a more advanced technique that you can try to get into if you're interested in growing longer flowering sativas. That's also a, uh, a good bet. Uh, but 12-12 is simple. Uh, most timers have no problem and no issue doing that. Um, you don't have any confusion as to when your lights are on and off, and uh, it's pretty simple and even, and your plants will flower, and they're getting that extra hour compared to the 11 anyway. So um, I recommend at this point just basic a basic 12-12 flowering cycle, 12 hours on, 12 hours off. The important thing there is do not interrupt the dark cycle. So no light during the darkness. There can be darkness during the light. It's not the end of the world but never interrupt the dark cycle. Okay, we hope that helps, Brenda. Let's move on to Artisan, who writes, um, I was wondering if you had your own home grow, and if so, or even if not, uh, what is the one strain that will never leave your stable? I know you said strawberry cough uh, was your desert island strain, 
But that doesn't necessarily mean you enjoy growing it. So what's the one strain you enjoy growing most and why? All right. Well, no comment on the home grow <laughs> question. But the answer, nice try, Artisan. <laughs> the answer is strawberry cough because that really is my favorite strain to smoke and my favorite strain to grow, really. Uh, it's just such a pleasure. Uh, it's a good yielder for a sativa, uh, a good yielder, a short flowering time, and uh, just an amazing smoke. If you've if you've had the privilege of smoking the the real deal, uh, Kyle Cushman KKSC Strawberry Cough, uh, it, it's unique. It's amazing. It's cerebral. It's uh, creative, and I I, and I could I never get tired of smoking that. That's really my uh, my go to. Now I love you know the Chem family. I love Snow Dog. I love Sour Diesel. I love the Cushes. I love all those strains, but. Again, if I had to just choose the one, I think it would have to be Strawberry Cough. Um, I don't think it's the strongest strain. I don't think it's the uh, you know penultimate strain to grow. It's just for me, I love it. I love smoking it, and I'd never get tired of it. And it grows great. And and no, never Hermes. No, no issues. Very very solid. Doesn't penultimate mean uh, second to last? Uh, well, then I mean the opposite of that, I guess. No, okay. Or maybe just the ultimate. The ultimate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's confusing because it's got old. Okay. Anyway, uh, thank you to Artisan for trying to snitch on us there. Uh, <laughs> this next email is from D's Nuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, year, <laughs> this year I'm growing half feminized and half regular seeds. Some of my feminized seeds are now showing male. I'm curious about the process to make a feminized seed. Can you explain? Yes, indeed. Um if your feminized seeds are showing male, they're not feminized seeds. So uh, that's the first step there. They're, they're not properly feminized seeds, I would say. Um, as far as making feminized seeds, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go into super detail. Uh, but basically, you can self up a female plant. So you're forcing a female plant uh, to create male flowers, uh, making it a hermaphrodite, but without male genetics. So then using that, uh, you know, quote unquote pollen, even though it has no male genetics, to pollinate a female plant, uh, you will get in either half female and half hermaphrodite plants, or you know all female plants basically depending. So it is important which uh, strains you choose to do this to, and you know that's really like the the main way that breeders do this. And obviously there's there's more complicated things you got to do, and there's ways to stabilize that feminized genetics by going generation over generation to make sure that, you know, you're not getting hermaphrodites in the mix. Um, but the basic thing is you're taking a strain, forcing it into hermaphrodism, and then using the quote-unquote so-called male pollen from the male flower to pollinate the female and create feminized seeds. Thank you, D's nuts. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Thank you, D's nuts. Uh, okay, so... Um, we have time for one more question. So let's go to this one because I think it's funny. Um, hey guys, I just started listening. This is from Tanner. Uh, I have a couple questions regarding adding milk to my water. I'm wondering what kind of, uh, bennies you could gain from semi for, uh, semi-organic grow. Also, if milk does indeed kill certain pests, uh, particularly gnats. Thanks. And I'm enjoying the podcast. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for the kind words on the podcast. And, uh, as far as using milk, I've never heard of this, uh, and I don't think I would recommend it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> about adding milk to your water. It's the first time I've I've heard of it. I've heard of a lot of crazy stuff, uh, but 
never adding milk to your water. I certainly wouldn't do this in any kind of hydroponic, uh, you know, setup because milk is thicker than water. It'll clog your drippers. It'll curdle. There's all kinds of things that can happen when you're adding uh, salts and acids to milk. Uh, again, if you're adding milk to a soil grow, I still don't really see the benefit. Uh, you're, you, you mentioned that it might uh, have an effect on gnats. Uh, that would be good, but I think you'd be it, it'd be more effective to actually use natural or, or some type of uh, gnat controlled product. Um, and again, remember that gnats sort of nest in that upper inch or so of soil. So if you can keep that upper inch of soil a little drier by watering from below, uh, you can also keep gnats from you know those annoying fungus gnats from from you know growing in your soil and so yeah, I don't recommend adding milk, anything to anything but your coffee, <laughs> and even that, you know. The goddamn dairy lobby, you know. They're everywhere. I feel like they want to get into the whole cannabis space right now. Big milk has big gotten. Milk. Big milk has gotten to us now. <laughs> they're, they're adding it to everything. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't recommend it, and uh, you know, just you know, stick to milk for you know drinking and coffee and that sort of thing. Maybe you could splash a little in your eggs if you want to want, you know. Yeah. That kind of sort of creamy consistency sure. to your omelets or scrambled eggs. Even it's a though- good use for milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you, Tanner. Thanks, uh, Dee's Nuts, Artisan, uh, everybody else. Uh, if you have a question that you'd like Dan to answer on this show, you could reach us uh, by email, freeweed at hightimes.com. Also on Twitter, at Danny Danko, at MikeG uh, underscore HT. We're going to take a little break and then come back and wrap it up. Yes. All right, so here we are, uh, episode 97. We are wrapping it up with Raw. Indeed we are. That's right. And uh, it's, been, it's been a fun one. We, uh, <laughs> we talked about those DEA names. That was hilarious. Uh, we had the, uh, the, our friends from Hurricane Hydro talking about... Uh, plant science and, and soil and, and hydroponics and, and nutrient needs. And yeah, and then we had our cultivation. That was pretty awesome. So thank you to everyone who participated, all the uh, people who sent questions, uh, Jacques and Winstrong, our friends at Hurricane Hydro. And yeah, that's where, we're, you know. And if you want even more free weed, uh, we recommend you check out our Patreon page, which is brand spanking new. That's right. And remember, hashtag free weed podcast or just hashtag free weed. And uh, I, July 28th, I will be in Boston at the Canacon. I'm doing a, uh, a live free weed grow seminar there at 2.30, July 28th at Boston Canacon. So check out canacon.com. August 14th, I'm doing New York City Canna Gather. Uh, another canna-based event here in the city. And uh, these will both be uh, also book signings. So my new grow book, I have copies of. Uh, it's in pre-order right now on Amazon, but I have copies that I will be bringing to both of these events. So if you want uh, a signed book, come check me out. July 28th, Boston. August 14th, New York City. And, of course, uh, all of our High Times events as well. All right, so let's put a bow on this one. We're going to wrap it up with Raw. Raw Papers is the only joints I smoke. And uh, episode number 97, here it is. Let's put it in the books. <laughs>